You know, this week I was, uh, you know, when these, you have these rainy days and, you know, rainy days on me are just to sit at home in my pajamas and watch TV and have soup. And I, you know, enjoy doing that. But this week I happened to see a movie called Superman, the Man of Steel. Now, I know there's been a lot of versions of Superman, and this is the latest version, okay? But there's this one scene where Superman, a.k.a. Clark Kent, well, he was Clark Kent, he's working as a busboy in this truck stop, right? And he's um, picking up all of the uh, trays and putting them into this um, carrier, whatever he's using. And then this guy comes in, this trucker comes in. He's kind of like this bully kind of a guy. And um, he starts harassing one of the waitresses. And Clark Kent goes up to him and says, stop, don't do that. And the guy looks at Clark Kent and goes, or else what? And Clark Kent kind of goes, "Uh, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And so this guy gets his beer, and he pours it all over Clark Kent, you know. And then he just looks at him, and he says, what are you going to do? Then he got his pitcher of beer, and he poured it all over Clark Kent. Now, everything inside of me is saying, Clark, hit him. You don't have to take that from him. You are Superman. And the guy tried to push him. And, of course, he's Superman, so he didn't budge. And so afterwards, you see Clark just looking at him with this look of, ah. And the waitress said, you know, it's not worth it. So he takes off his aprons. He turned around, and he just walked away. And the guy says, don't forget your tip. And he threw his beer can at the back of his head, right? And Clark Kent just walked away from that. Now, granted, he's Superman, so this guy had a logging truck, and Superman just thrashed his truck, you know. But as you're watching that, I'm going, man, Superman, come on, you don't have to take this. You're Superman. Hit him. Don't walk away. Don't let him talk to you like that, right? And so that kind of scene kind of bugged me. And at the end, of course, you see him fighting General Zod, and, okay, this is Superman. This is the way you're supposed to act. But today, we're going to be talking, continuing our Sermon on the Mount, and it says, Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who are meek. In other words, um, you could um, insert the word, Blessed are those who are gentle. And so if you have your Bibles, can you turn with me to Matthew 5.5? Matthew 5.5. And this is going to be one verse here. Where Jesus is speaking to the crowds who have come to him. They've seen him do all of these miracles. And they're saying, this is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. And so they come to hear what the Messiah has to say. But once again, who were they expecting? They were expecting a military Messiah. They were expecting a political Messiah. They were expecting a Messiah that would come in power and free them from the Roman rule and usher them into an era of peace where they would pretty much um, be, you know, ruling 
the entire world. And this is what they were expecting from Jesus. But as Jesus talks on the Sermon of the Mount, he's communicating, well, this is what my kingdom is going to look like. And just from the bat, you know, they're troubled. Because he goes, start, blessed are the poor in spirit? Wait, that doesn't sound like the Messiah we're looking for. Blessed or happy are those who mourn? Okay, wait, wait a second. This is not right. This is not right. They're expecting this rah-rah, let's gather our troops together and let's go get them. They were expecting that. Then they come to the third beatitude. And this has probably shocked them. We said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. See, the Jews at that time felt that they were the chosen ones. They felt indeed that they were the ones that were chosen to inherit the earth. So they really believed this. So the latter part they believed, but when Jesus said, blessed are the gentle, go, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, this doesn't, you know, sound right. Because in the term they understood meek or gentle, it means to be mild or soft. How are we going to rule the world or take over the world or at least conquer the Roman governments if we're mild and soft? You know, it was used to describe a gentle, cool breeze. And they're going, wait a second here. A gentle and cool breeze is not going to topple the Romans. Man, we need a hurricane. We need a tornado. But this is what Jesus was saying. And in terms of human behavior, when he said happy are those who are meek or the gentle, what he's saying is happy are those who are gentle of spirit, who are quiet, who are submissive, who are tenderhearted. Now, even for us today, especially us guys, that doesn't sit very well. Why? Because this isn't our culture. You know, from we were young, we were taught, you know, about competition. We are taught to work hard to get what we want to get. We were taught to be, you know, aggressive, to pursue our goals, to pursue our dreams. But then Jesus is saying, wait, wait, if you want to be my disciple, if you truly want to be my disciple, you're going to have to think a different way. Now, this wasn't new because gentleness or humility has always been a part of God's agenda. If you look at uh, Numbers 12, verse 3, it says, Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. This is Moses, their chief lawgiver. Their deliverer. There was no one greater than Moses. And what does it say? That he was more humble than anyone else. In Psalm 25.9, the psalmist writes, And he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. So gentleness or humbleness was always, you know, God's way. But we also see this in the New Testament. In Ephesians 4, uh, verse 1, the Apostle Paul starts off by saying, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you 
to live a life worthy. So he goes, you want to live a worthy life? I encourage you to live this way of the calling that you have received. So how does he want us to live this life? And he continues in verse 2. Be completely humble and what? And gentle. There we go. Meek. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. So this is God's way. Unfortunately, this isn't the world's way. And it's certainly not, for the most part, the American way. However, gentleness does not imply weakness. We want to be perfectly clear. Gentleness does not imply weakness. Nor does it imply timidity. Being meek and humble does not imply timidity. Because when you think about it, the Israelites went to war against their enemy. You know, David, David you know, he stood up and he challenged and he fought and he killed Goliath. But gentleness is opposed to violence. A gentle person is not a violent person. A gentle person is not a violent person. Basically what it is, it's power under control. It's having that power, but it's being, harnessing that power and keeping it in control. And it's talking about taming a wild animal or taming a horse. Now one of my fears is horseback riding. I'm scared to death of riding a horse. And the reason I'm scared to death of riding a horse was an experience I had when I was a little boy. How many of you know the Griffith Park Pony Rides? Right? So most of you know the Griffith Park Pony Rides. Well, you know, they have all of these different lanes of different horses, right? And the ones in the middle are the ones that just go like this. It takes forever for them to go around that lane, right? So I'm a little kid. My parents didn't know that. So I'd never been on a horse before. And guess what lane they put me on? They put me on the lane where the fast horses go. You know, so I'm just sitting on the horse, and I'm just watching all these slow horses plod around the track. And that's what I was expecting. Next thing you know, the guy hits mine, and mine takes off. I was so scared. Scared. I thought it was going to fall out. I started crying. And the thing, that, then it went around. I guess they didn't see me crying. And they said, oh, let's send them around again. And so I had to go around again. I was so terrified of horses after that. And, you know, you know I've been on a horse and, as an adult, and it just scares me. Because once you sit on that horse, you could just feel the power and strength of this animal. And if this horse wants to take off, if this horse wants to buck me off, if this horse wants to kick me, there is absolutely nothing I could do. However, when you see a horse and somebody ride it, the horse is a powerful, powerful animal. But when he has somebody riding on it, the horse, that power, is held in control. It's under control. And this is what we're talking about here. And we see Jesus doing that also. In John 
um, chapter 2.14, you know, John writes, In the temple courts, he, meaning Jesus, found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at the tables exchanging money. See, you got to remember the temple was a money-making machine for the religious leaders. They made a lot of money. And so uh, the way they did it, though, it wasn't above board. They were doing a lot of shady things, and they were taking advantage of people. They were taking advantage of people, and they were making a lot of money. And it wasn't for the temple. A lot of them, they used that money on themselves. You, so you see here Jesus coming here and seeing what they're doing in the temple. And then he, his righteous anger wells up inside him. And then he goes on to say, So he made a whip out of cords, and he drove all of them from the temple courts. He drove. He didn't just sit there and watch. He actually drove them from the temple courts, um, both sheep and cattle. He scattered um, the coins. He took their tables and he just overturned them of the money changers. And oh, excuse me, of the money changers, and he overturned their tables. So this is Jesus. Yes. He is the example of what it means to be gentle and meek. But when he saw this, what did he do? He drove them out. He overturned their tables. He just didn't watch it. And so, gentleness doesn't imply weakness. Okay, Jesus did something about it. In his righteous anger, he couldn't just stand there. He did something about it. It says, our gentleness is rooted in trusting God who judges righteously. And this is important. Our gentleness is rooted in trusting God who judges righteously. And what this means is being gentle, we don't seek out vengeance. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ, we don't seek out vengeance. First Peter um, chapter 2.21 says, to this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. So what Peter is saying here is, okay, guys, you know, Jesus lived a life, and he um, led a life that we are to model after, and he's our example. But what is he our example, what is he our example of in this case? And Peter goes on. Well, he committed no sin and no deceit, was found in his mouth. However, it says, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. What did he do? And this is important. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges rightly. Remember when Jesus was caught you know, when the, the guards came in the Garden of Gethsemane and they were going to take Jesus away, Jesus said what? You know, I could call my father and he could send down legions of angels to protect me if I wanted. And Jesus always had that power. But what does he say here? When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. 
Jesus did not exact revenge on those who publicly accused him or insulted him. And you say, oh, you know, that's easy. This takes a tremendous amount of courage and humility to do this. You know, just like when I was telling you Clark Kent, man, he was Superman. When that guy poured his beer on him, man, it takes a whole lot of humility and control to walk away. And I'm saying, do you know who you're pouring your beer on? You know, bam! You know, send the guy through the wall, right? It's hard to do this. And the only way, the only way we could do this is our focus has to be on God and not what other people think about us. Our self-image has got to come from God and not what others think. Because if you struggle with a poor self-image, you know, you're not going to be able to do this. You need God, the Spirit of God to help you do this. Because how many of you, how, eat, how do you feel when you have to walk away when somebody insults you publicly? Has that ever happened to you? When somebody insults you publicly and every part of you wants to defend yourself, every part of you wants to exact some sort of revenge. It may not be physical, but, man, you could use your words. Well, you know, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt. You know, that's the biggest lie. You can say, well, you know, I'm going to use my words, and I'm going to get back at you. How many times have you been in that situation and you just have to turn around and walk away? That is extremely hard. But fortunately for me, you know, I had a good school. It's called Continental Airlines. You know, working at that airport, being screamed at and cussed at over maybe 10,000 times. We were always told that we always have to smile. They could call me whatever they want. And it's hard because there are sometimes I'm going like this, you know, and you just have to walk away. And that is extremely hard. It's hard if you're by yourself, but it's even harder if it's in a crowd. If people are watching you and they said, some guy challenges you, you guys, you guys, I'm talking to you men now, some guy challenges you publicly, there's a crowd and you're watching. What do you do? What does Jesus say? Walk away. Guys, you know how hard that is? When you know everybody there in their mind, they're questioning your manhood. They're questioning your courage. They're questioning, they go, man, this guy's got no spine. Why doesn't he stand up for yourself? Who's our example? Our example is Jesus. You know, our example is not an MMA fighter, you know, or anything like that, right? Our example is Jesus. And this might be one of the hardest things, at least for me, this is one of the hardest things to do, is to walk away. But that's what it means 
to be gentle is to not take revenge for yourself. Romans 12, 19, the Apostle Paul writes, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. Whose responsibility is it to avenge us? Is it us? No. It's God. It's God. Even though it doesn't feel good to walk away. Even though we may feel like, man, we're a coward. What are other people going to think? We have to care more about what God thinks than people around us, as hard as that would be. And then he, you know, he said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And it says inherit really means receiving one's rightful inheritance or their allotted portion. And so here the, the hearers were expecting to say, you know, we are going to, this Messiah is going to lead us. We are going to go to war with Rome, and we will conquer Rome, and we will conquer the world, and we will inherit which is ours. And that's what they were thinking. And indeed, those who are righteous will inherit the earth. Because in Psalm 37, 11, the psalmist writes, But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. The meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. You know, one day, God will take this earth from all of those who are unrighteous and give it to those who are gentle and those who are righteous. And this is where we have our hope, that even though it seems like those who are selfish, those who are greedy, those who are violent, and those who are vengeful, they have the upper hand right now. But one day, the influence will come to an end. And God will take the world away from them and give it to the meek, those who are truly his disciples. So what's our weekly challenge this week? What's our weekly challenge? Well, our weekly challenge is to read Matthew 5, 5, Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, and 1 Peter 2, 21 through 23 every single day. I want you to read these. Guys especially, I want us to read these. Okay? And ask God to reveal areas in your life where you could show more gentleness. Are there areas right now where there's this hardness in you? Is this, are there areas in your life where there's anger. And when you think of a solution to your problem, the first thing that comes to you is attack or vengeance. Are there certain areas in your life right now that that's the first thing that comes to your mind when there's conflict? Well, ask God to show you these areas where you can experience or express more gentleness. And then... Take one action step to show gentleness in a situation this week. And like I said, this is extremely hard. 
You know, and, and of course, God always does something like this when I'm preaching. You know, I was sitting at this um, stoplight, and um, I was in back of several cars, and there's a left-turn lane. But, you know, I was actually backed up to the point where people couldn't, even though the left-turn lane was open, you know, people couldn't get into it. And it was because there was a car that was maybe two cars in front of me. He was way, way behind that stop line. And so for whatever reason, he rolled forward, which allowed all the other cars to uh, move forward, right? So, of course, I moved forward. And the green arrow's going, and the green arrow turns red, and the guy in back of me wanted to make a left turn. So, you know, I'm stopping there waiting for the light, and he pulls aside of me, and he just flips me off and starts cussing at me for preventing him from making a left. And everything inside of me wanted to say something. Um, but once again, this. <laughs> Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the meek. Oh, Lord, help me. Help me keep my hand on one side. I don't want to give him a certain signal. Because that's what he did to me, you know. But it's hard. I didn't even do anything wrong. It wasn't my fault. And yet this guy flips me off and he starts cussing me out for preventing him from going in the left lane. Did it feel good? I said, Jesus, you know, this don't feel good. The only thing I said, you will avenge him, so you go get him. You know, and I, but I don't think that's what Jesus wanted, you know. But it's hard. It really hard. It, it is. But you know what? Without God, without the Holy Spirit, you know, we can't do this on our own. Right? And the, unfortunately, the only way to get to the point where things like that don't bother us is for God to put us in places like this, where people might yell at us, people might cuss at us, people might give us certain gestures, where well, we're just going to have to practice the meekness and the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.